0: Uh, if you'll give me a few moments, I would like to share a few scriptures with you. Um, I have adjusted what I was going to share uh, today just because of the climate that we're finding ourselves in. We started a series last week called Followers of Jesus. And so I'm going to kind of follow on a bit, but I'm just, I'm just adjusting the focus a little bit to, to where we're at right now. And as you can see on the screen behind me, um, I want to encourage you with the fact that followers of Jesus share hope. Now, now there, there are a few elements of that statement to emphasize. First of all, I'm talking about followers. I'm not talking about just admirers or, or fans. I'm talking about people that are actually in a relationship with God and where, where we are following Him. So we're seeing Him as our leader and we are trying to walk closely with Him. I would argue that you can't walk closely with God and not have hope. And so I've got to be, I've got to be honest with myself if there are moments where I start losing hope, then I've got to look at, okay, am I walking with God? Am I walking close to God? Or am I allowing myself to get distracted with, with a whole bunch of other stuff? And we've never lived in an age where it's easier to be distracted by a whole bunch of uh, other information. Remember, the entire global knowledge in the world is doubling every 12 hours. So, so there's more than enough information that's being dispensed as you sit here. But I've got to I've got to allow myself to make sure that I'm engaged in habits. And that's what the whole first series of this year was about, that I'm engaged in habits that are forming me into a follower where I am spending the kind of time with God where I'm allowing Him to strengthen me and to stir up hope and faith in me. And I'm not talking about denial or putting your head in the sand or, 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 or keeping blinders on from, from some of the reality around us. I'm saying we need to be able to look at the reality, look at the facts, but still have a confidence that goes above that and beyond that. 1 Peter 3 verse 15, I think speaks of this responsibility that followers of Jesus have. In your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. We need to always, if you're a believer, now I know that, that in a group the size, every one of us would be at a different place in our journey with God, um, from maybe investigating and exploring Christianity to kind of being new to a relationship with Him to maybe you've been you know, experiencing that relationship for many, many years. So we're in different places, but I wanna encourage you that if you are a follower of Jesus, we actually have a responsibility to be able to give the reason for the hope that we have. And what that assumes is that the hope that we have is different to the hope of people that don't have a relationship with God? Naturally, and this is and this makes perfect sense. Naturally, outside of a relationship with God, our hope is going to be in an economic system, in a material world, in science, in in the ability of of government and those in power to be able to to solve every problem. And and whether we realize it or not, there can even be a hope in uh, the um. The stock market and your retirement annuity and insurance and medical and all these things. And I'm saying there's nothing wrong with any of that. I just wouldn't put all of your hope into that. I'm saying that there has to be, I think that followers of Jesus need to have a hope that is deeper and wider and taller and can last longer than the stock market crashing uh, or everything going to pieces around us. There is a hope that has to be richer and deeper than that. And I'm gonna acknowledge that there are times where it's hard to explain that fully and sometimes you, you need to just be able to be honest. And I think people want you to be honest, by the way. I'm not talking about um, kind of faking some party line. I'm saying, no, no, you need to be able to explain to people, look, I can't, I can't answer all these questions. All I can tell you is I think I'm, I'm doing what I can, but I believe that God is ultimately in control of my life. And if, and if he allows me to go through certain circumstances, I'm gonna trust him with it. But there is a hope that is different to the world, Jesus encouraged his followers um, quite literally just before he was arrested and then falsely accused and murdered. And he knew this; he knew that this was his last night with his disciples. And in John fourteen verse one, he says, "Don't let your hearts be troubled. Like, hey, you're about to be terrified because you're about to everything that you are thinking and expecting is about to be smashed to pieces." He knows this; he knows that the disciples are about to have their worlds turned upside down within the next 24 hours. And he's encouraging them in advance. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. I just want to let those words linger for a bit. Because if you're anything like me, my tendency is, okay, okay, like what, what else? Like that's nice, but What else? Can we just camp here for a moment? Jesus is encouraging his followers who are, who are about to have their lives turned upside down. By the way, every, almost every one of them would die a martyr's death eventually. He's like, guys, 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 you can trust me. I've got this. He wasn't saying it's all gonna work out the way you want. He's like, but it is gonna work out. It'll be okay in the end. Then he goes on in verse 27 to say, I'm leaving you with a gift. And again, I want to encourage you this evening. So, so you, you may not even be worried about what's going on around the world. You're like, that's like number 13 on my list. There's so many other things I'm worrying about right now. Whatever it is. He says, I have a gift. I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. The peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. One of the early church leaders, Paul the Apostle, goes on to write in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, that God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and self discipline. And I've got to tell you, there have been many times in my life where I've had to quote the scriptures myself. There have been times, and it hasn't been around, to be honest with you, I don't struggle a lot with this, you know, with anxiety over what's going to happen. Where I may struggle with with intimidation or anxiety is when it comes to certain responsibilities. You know I'm saying, God, yes, like, I don't know what leadership looks like in this case. I don't know, God, I need you. I need wisdom. I need discernment. And, and I, I think that that could be too big. Like there has to be someone else around you. Have, have you ever been in the room thinking there has to be another adult around? Like someone else has to be able to do a better job of this right now. And there've been many times where I felt like God, remind me, Jason, I have not given you a spirit of fear. Like stop it. I haven't given you a spirit of fear. I haven't given you a spirit of fear or timidity, but of love and power. And in some versions it says a sound mind, or in this version it says self-discipline, or in other versions it says self-control. In other words, I, do, I, can't, I can't just make excuses. No, no, I'm too, I'm too freaked out and I'll just keep feeding all the wrong stuff. No, no, he hasn't given me that, that, that kind of spirit. He's given me a spirit of love and power and self-control. I'm just trying to encourage you with some, with some promises, everybody, with some scripture. Psalm 23 verse four says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I'll not be afraid for you are close beside me. This is what the author David is saying about God. Even though I go, and by the way, he went through some dark valleys. His son was trying to kill him. Before that, the king was trying to kill him. Like he went through some stuff. But he's saying, even when I go through the dark valleys, or in some versions it says, through the valley of the shadow of death, I won't be afraid. And then he says, why? Because you are close beside me. And I believe that God wants to be closer to you than what we want him to be. Like God's ready. God wants to be close beside us. And then I would argue the most important passage that has helped me the most over the years is found in Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7, where it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. In another English translation, it says, Don't be anxious for anything. Don't worry about anything. Now, again, the author here is not saying put your head in the sand. Like, you know, just it'll be okay, it'll be okay, it'll be okay, it'll be okay. Like he's not talking about positive thinking. He's not talking about, he's not just talking about like trying to psych yourself up. He's like, No, 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 no. No, no. Instead of worrying, and he's also not just saying, Don't worry, like, don't be naughty. No, he's like, No, no, instead. Because if you if you try and just have you ever tried just to not worry? When there's stuff to worry about. And naturally we try and escape worry. So we'll just distract ourselves into media, whatever the case is. But the problem is the moment you get back from that, it's like, oh, it's still there. So, So he's not saying just escape it. He's saying, no, no, no. Instead of that, pray. Like connect with God. Talk to God. Allow God to do something in your mind and in your heart, in your spirit. Tell God what you need. So you don't have to be in denial. God, I'm freaking out right now. I'm worrying about this, or I'm stressing about that. I don't know what's going to happen with my business. I don't know what's going to happen with my employment. I don't know what's going to happen with the economy. I don't know what's going to happen with this or that or the next thing. God, this is how I'm feeling. And I think God would say, let your emotions be a stepping stone, not a stumbling block. Be honest with God. Be real with God. God's not surprised in the least. You're the only person that's surprised when you get honest with God. God God doesn't get shocked. He's like, "Finally, you being like you being honest, you being real. We can do something. We can we can work with this." Tell God what you need and then this is so important, thank him for all he has done. It's amazing what gratitude will do for your perspective, for your mindset, for your worship when you actually when you actually slow down and you thank God for stuff that you know he's done. It just God, I don't know, come on, can, does, can anyone relate to that? Like you just, you sense your confidence in God building up, building up, building up. It's like, yeah, God, you have. You've been so kind there. You've been so merciful there. You've been so generous. There. You've been so faithful there. You've been, God, you've got this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you, I'm gonna, but, but I can surrender it. I can go and sleep. I'm not talking about being lazy. I'm saying when you've done what you can and you've committed to God what you can, we are saying, okay, God, I am trusting you. And then I love this promise. In verse 7, then, so as you pray, as you thank Him, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Now, I wanna emphasize it part, that's why it's underlined, okay? It doesn't make sense. In other words, before everything is figured out, before everything is sorted out, He's like, no, 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 guys, if you will committed to God, to do what you can, committed to God, thinking for what he has done, you can experience a peace that passes understanding. It doesn't make sense. And you're like, nothing's changed. I should be stressed. But something starts changing in your spirit, in your heart. He's peace. Will God your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. See, the reason I like that is because sometimes... Sometimes I can know the right stuff and I can believe the right stuff in my, in my mind, but, but there's something else going on that's just not quite at peace. I don't know if you've ever experienced it. And then there are times where you just get with God and you worship Him and you put Him in His rightful place and you give Him the glory He deserves. And slowly but surely, like nothing's changing in your mind, but slowly but surely, your spirit is being revived and you're being encouraged and your confidence level is increasing. And you're like, God, you've got this. I can trust you. I'm gonna obey you, but you've got this. And it does something in your spirit that song that we sang earlier the blessing just like i have listened to that multiple times just just this week alone and i'm like it, it changes something it's it, it stirs something up as i as i am reminded of how good god is how kind god is that he does go before me he does come Behind me, He is with me. He is for me, guys. That's not that's not hype. I believe that that's real hope. If you're in a relationship with God, and you're trying to follow Him, you're not getting it right perfectly, but you're trying to follow Him, guys. There is hope. This past Friday, I mean, I was just I spent a few hours just trying to read and study and, and trying to figure out how best to respond because we I, I feel an incredible sense of responsibility. For you, I think it's an appropriate responsibility. We want to lead well in what is an unprecedented season in, in modern history, and and we have a, as, as leaders, we have a responsibility. And so, I'm I'm reading. I'm trying to make sure that, that I'm staying well informed. But eventually, I got to a point where I'm just saying, I can't. There's nothing more to read right now. God, I need I need discernment. I need hope. I need to be able to, if I'm going to share hope, I need to have a conf Like, I don't want to fake it. I need to have a serious hope. And I just didn't feel like I was, ge- I know all the right stuff. Okay? But I needed I needed more than just a mentor. I needed more than just hope and peace in my mind. I needed something deeper. So we got a few of our, Of our, I think we had a couple of staff members around, and we got some of our interns together. We had some other random lady that walked past the church and joined us, had a good time with us, and then left again. But we, but, but we just got together and just prayed. And we actually started off just playing that song. And we just we just prayed as, as that song is praying. I, I can't, by the way, when we sing in that song, like I want to turn around, but it would look weird. So I don't. But as, but, so, it, so I actually just did this in the second service this morning. I stood at the back and I'm just like blessing the people. I thought if I stand in the front and turn around and just like bless you guys, you'd be know, thinking, what the heck? But that's our heart. We're like, God, please let people know your favour. Let your favour be upon us. Let your face turn towards us. Let people know how much you love them. God, please give us supernatural peace. And I'm just telling you that as we prayed on Friday, it it, it went from here to here. Like it got into my bones. I can tell you as I stand here, I can tell you before God, I am at peace. I have hope. I am confident, not in denial. But that's not, just, that's not just mental only. There's a place for us to pray, to pray, to pray, to worship, to thank God. I believe that that's how we can have a hope that is different to people that don't have God. And I believe that as followers, we should be able to share that hope. You see, I think if we have that hope, if we have that confidence... just think we're going to be a little bit less distracted and a little bit less intimidated by what, by what could happen to us and we're going to be more concerned about others. And that is the kingdom of God, by the way. The kingdom of God is primarily about loving God and loving people. It's not, it's not primarily about self-preservation. It's actually got a lot to do with sacrificing. Jesus actually says in one place, unless you are willing to lay your lives down, like he calls us to lay it all down, but I'm saying unless we have that hope and that confidence, we're going to be distracted like any other person. So I want to wrap up with, with the passage that Moffat introduced last week from Matthew 5. And some of you would be familiar with this. It's where Jesus talks about the salt and the light. But I want to, I just want to read it to you quickly from the paraphrase of the message version. The message version of the Bible written by Eugene, the late Eugene Peterson. Where he's also talking about salt and light. And in verse 15, he says, if I make you, this is, he's, he's, like, this is Jesus, right? He's putting Jesus' words into slightly more modern language. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm gonna hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm gonna put you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. And I think that when things are darkest, that's when the light is meant to shine brightest. I really do believe that if you are a follower of Jesus, that as you go to work tomorrow, as you go into your class tomorrow, or as you interact with people at gym or whatever the case is tomorrow, I'm just saying, there should be a different light. There should be a different light. I love how it goes on. And I've got to tell you, I've read this many times before, but I only noticed it the other day for some reason where he says, keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God. This generous Father in heaven. By opening up to others. Is it possible that God wants His followers to be so kind, to have so much hope, so much love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and self-control, that your generosity, your openness to others will actually prompt people to be open with God? And in some cases, without even saying a word. I think that followers of Jesus will be prompted to open their lives to others in the hope that they will be prompted to open their lives to God. Followers of Jesus will be prompted. I don't think it's an if, but, or maybe. You will. If you're following Jesus, you're gonna be prompted to be kind to others, to be generous to others. Followers of Jesus will be prompted to open their lives to others in the hope that they will be prompted to open their lives to God. And I really do believe that good works lead to goodwill, which opens the door for you to share the good news. And it is good news, everybody. We have, we have a responsibility to encourage people, to invite people to meet the kindest person they will ever meet. Regardless of what, of what their perceptions of God is, he has tasked us with a healthy, appropriate, not to be weird or flaky, responsibility to invite people to meet the kindest person that they will ever meet. But a lot of the time, and especially because of how weird Christians have been and how and how often Christians have been known more for what they're against than what they're for which is so weird because that's not how Jesus was Jesus was far more concerned with connecting with people before correcting them he was far more con- like, he was, like he was he's all about grace and truth but he always showed grace first he invited people to come as they are and then somewhere along the line when there's enough trust he shows them that he loves them too much to leave them the way they are but but the order is so important. He's like, and until there's trust, until, there's, until, until people are, are aware of how good God is, how kind God is. It's not, God's not all just about you ticking boxes. That's the good news. But unless, unless we're willing to do good works and love people and be kind and be consistent and faithful, good works leads to goodwill, which opens the door to the good news. Last passage of scripture. A verse before that, in verse 13, Jesus says, let me tell you why you are here. You want to, As you go to work tomorrow, as you go to school tomorrow, let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? If you lose your saltiness, How will people taste godliness? You may be the only exposure to a Christian that some of the people in your life have. You may be the only person that's praying for members of your family. You may be the only Jesus with a face that people at school or work or or at the club or whatever the case is are gonna see. If we lose our saltiness how will people taste godliness and I think that we lose our saltiness when we ignore the habits that we've spoken about over the last several weeks about how we just create space to be with God how we make sure that we live uncluttered lives that are focused on what matters most where we, where we live with healthy appropriate rhythms so that we actually have the, the space, the margin, the energy to be present with people, to love people, to be interruptible to be able to serve when need be to be able to respond to opportunities as they arrive. If we lose our saltiness, how will people taste godliness? If we lose that connection where we're not overflowing with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and goodness, how will people taste godliness? Can I get you to stand with me? If you were here a few weeks ago, you would have heard me mention that that this word blessing, especially the way it's used the first the first three times in the book of Genesis, actually speaks of giving the ability, like the life-giving ability to reproduce. So God's God blessed the animal kingdom and said, Go and you know be fruitful and multiply. He blessed mankind and said, you know be fruitful and multiply. And then he blessed the seventh day, which is what we were talking about that day. And, he's, and again, it's like, it's got this ability to, to rejuvenate and to regenerate and to give life. And I'm just telling you, my whole perspective of blessing has changed. So that when I say that we are blessing you, I'm saying we're, we are trusting that God's gonna give you the life-giving, supernatural, reproductive ability to go and reproduce hope in others. Reproduce hope life in others reproduce creativity and kindness and compassion and generosity and so I can't I can't force you to accept this but I'm gonna be pray I'm gonna pray that God hounds you to accept it to accept His blessing and it is a blessing to be concerned with others it is a blessing to see others I've, I've been challenged for different reasons lately just to try and fast more regularly and, and Sue and I have, have committed to again as part of our rule of life our, our rhythm of life we, we, we've committed just recently to try and fast bit more regularly and I'm telling you one of my big prayers I mean, there are a few other things and they are different things that we are praying for and burdened for I can honestly tell you none of it's selfish it's, it's, they're just things that we burden for right now but one of, the, one of my most consistent prayers at the moment is God help me to see help me to see people through your eyes You will never lock eyes with someone that doesn't matter to God. You can be sure that you've created God into your own image when you think He can't stand all the same people that you can't stand. There isn't a person that you can think of right now that God doesn't love. God, would you help us to see? God, would you help us to see would you bless us with the ability to reproduce hope why don't you close your eyes for a moment and again I don't want to pressure you with this but if you want to receive a blessing from God would you open your hands Just, just as a simple posture symbolically representing an openness a receptivity God would you bless us with the ability to reproduce life in other people. Lord, that we would be conduits of your love, conduits of your grace. Lord, would you shine through us and would you produce life, new life in other people through us? God, would you help us to see Would you help us to love and would you help us to be fully surrendered to your will? Use us, God. Use us to be a blessing to others. Would you help us to love people and help us to love you?